Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. One of the latest focal points between Democrats and Republicans in Congress is the looming debt ceiling crisis. President Biden is not planning to negotiate the limit with Republicans, and some House Democrats are proposing to eliminate the debt ceiling altogether. To discuss this dispute, we sat down with Virginia Congressman Bob Good. Congressman Bob Good, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be with you, Steve. Thanks for having me again. Of course, Congressman, with regard to the debt ceiling, do you see a plan where Republicans and Democrats can get to uh, without defaulting on the debt? And how big of a challenge do you think this will be for Speaker McCarthy? I think any reasonable person in Congress or in the executive branch should recognize that we need to be responsible and we've got to cut our spending. We can't continue to do what we've been doing. I'm pleased with what leader, or Speaker McCarthy has been saying. He's saying all the right things, uh, saying we've got to cut our spending to put us on a path to fiscal responsibility. It is clearly irresponsible and denying reality for the president to be saying he's not going to negotiate on cutting spending in order to get a debt ceiling increase. Now, I'm not being facetious when I ask you this, but when you talk to your Democratic colleagues or hear what they're saying on the Hill, is there a limit that they would draw the line at? Well, sadly, I think that we will have to use the leverage of the debt ceiling to negotiate uh, fiscal responsibility and spending cuts because the Democrats unfortunately have shown no appetite for cutting spending. It's almost as if, Steve, they don't think that the, re the money is real or the debt is real. Uh, as you may know, I serve on the Budget Committee again, and I had the Budget Chairman say uh, during the course of the, of the last Congress, when I was on the House floor in a debate over a spending bill, I said, hey, we owe nearly 100000 per citizen now in uh, the amount of national debt. We take now nearly 32 trillion divided by 330 million Americans. And he said, stop saying that. We're not asking anybody to pay that back. But the burden of just carrying the debt and paying to service the debt, especially with the increase in the interest rates caused by this administration, quite frankly, in their response to their caused inflation. They've caused inflation, and then they react with more inflation causing uh, interest rate increases, which have priced Americans out of housing and car, cars and everything else that's financed. So, I, I don't think Democrats take seriously the national debt or take seriously the spending crisis, so that's why we've got to use the debt ceiling as leverage to force them to, to deal with it. And as you mentioned, I mean, I feel as though there, there is going to have to be pain in order to get this under control. You've introduced a series of legislation. One of your plans, I believe you dubbed it the nickel plan. Uh, tell us how you think this would work. Well, what that would do is cut five cents out of every federal dollar for the next four years to force us to get to a balanced budget. Most of us would probably recognize that it would be more effective or more efficient to have targeted reductions in spending versus across the board. But what the nickel plan would do would force us to address our spending, and if we didn't do it, it would cut spending by five percent for or five cents for every dollar. Uh, you know, we've got an estimated trillion dollars of unaccounted for COVID spending. You know, over the last two years. Uh, there's, there's billions of dollars that we're borrowing money to send overseas. We're sending you know, $100 billion that we borrow to Ukraine. I don't think most Americans would say we should borrow money to send it to other countries. We've removed the work requirements as we've grown the welfare state. You've got two million less Americans working than you had two years ago. There's lots of places we can look to. Diversity, equity, and inclusion spending ought to be taken out of every agency and department. Climate, environmental extremists ought to be taken out of every department. Uh, those are 
are just some of the things that we could do. I just want to switch gears a little bit, Congressman, and ask you about another bill that you've introduced called the Pistol Act. There's been a series of uh, what you call mass shootings uh, over the past week in California. Um, this often raises the issue of gun control. What do you think the proper approach is? How should the discussion be had right now? Well, thankfully, we have a constitution in this country, and thankfully, we have a Bill of Rights and a Second Amendment that protects what we uh, Republicans and conservatives believe our God-given rights to self-defense and our God-given right to be armed as citizens to ensure we remain a free people. That is what it's about. It's a check on tyranny to make sure that we remain free. Democrats don't like that we have a constitution. They don't like we have a Bill of Rights. They don't like that we have a Second Amendment, and they continue to make efforts to erode that and restrict that. And so what my bill would basically say it pushes back against the ATF uh, regulation, un unelected bureaucrats trying to further uh, uh, penalize uh, um, law-abiding citizens because of the actions of those who break the law. But you know, I am—I have a rural suburban district in Virginia where we have a lot of concealed carry and open carry uh, in Virginia, and I feel much safer in my district in Virginia where there's lots of weapons by citizens who are carrying constitutionally than I do here in Washington DC where gun rights are restricted for law-abiding citizens. We often hear that we're not trying to take away all guns, just certain guns. Does that, you know, raise concern that eventually it will become a handgun, a pistol? so on and so forth. There's no question that it's a slippery slope. The Democrats and the left want to eliminate the right to have guns in this country. It is definitely, you know, the camel's nose in the tent each time that they restrict the, the rights of law-abiding citizens to defend themselves, to keep and bear arms. Congress does not have the authority constitutionally to restrict the rights of citizens to bear arms, uh, law-abiding citizens. Certainly unelected bureaucrats in the ATF and the Biden administration don't have the ability to do that by fiat. And frankly, to take an example of the pistol brace, to say, okay, we're going to retroactively make you a criminal for something you bought lawfully, and uh, now we're going to change the law, uh, or at least change the regula regulation and restrict your right and make you a criminal for something you bought lawfully in a previous time period. Carson Bobgood, thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. The state of Iowa just enacted a new bill that grants school choice. This is a first in the nation. Parents will now have more opportunities to choose whether to send their children to private or public schools. To discuss, we sat down with member of the Education Committee, Congresswoman Lisa McLean. Congresswoman Lisa McLean, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Always good to be here. Congratulations on uh, being appointed to multiple committees, <laughs> four I believe. Um, one I'd like to ask you about related is the Education Committee. Iowa, the first state in the country to offer school choice. What are your thoughts? What a win for the children. <laughs> what a win for the children. What a win for the parents. Um, and I hope a lot more states follow in those footsteps. I mean, for the first time, we are putting the power back in the parents' hands to have a say on what their children get taught. So the parents that value math, reading, the core skills, they can have competition. They can have choice on where to send their children. I mean, isn't that the goal of education is reading, writing, and arithmetic? 
What are some of the nuances of this? What does it actually mean when somebody can decide where they go? And what are the mechanics of it? How is it funded? I, I believe it gets into taxation in certain areas. Yeah, well, as you know, uh, without getting into too much of the nitty-gritty, but we all pay taxes. And part of those taxes go to fund your local school systems, right? Whether it be millages in Michigan or whatever it may be. So for example, let's say you pay $10, for example, um, of your tax dollars or X amount of your tax dollars go to fund public schools. You can now have those dollars follow the child. So if your child decides to switch schools and perhaps go to a different school or a private school, you can now have those dollars follow the child to the actual school of the parent's choice and the child's choice. Seems to make good sense. So why would you say that the teachers union is so adamantly against this? Uh, I would say ask the teachers union, but here's my belief. Because they want to control the thought process. It's kind of like that Pink Floyd song, we don't need no thought control. Hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. At the end of the day, the teachers union is there to protect the teachers. Who's actually really protecting the children to make sure that they are getting their money's worth? You know, I can share with you in Michigan with my state, our reading and math skills are down six and 10%. That's horrible. Well, if we had some competition, competition raises all boats. We need to have some accountability on the teachers. Why they would fight that, I have no idea. Congresswoman, I want to ask you about the Biden files. Um, you know, there's concerns right now that the president's son, who at the time was working with uh, Ukraine and also, uh, I think more importantly, China, could have had access to this. It raises national security concerns. Are you confident that you're getting the answers that you would like uh, right now? No. <laughs> the short answer is no, absolutely not. And you see it in the press conferences. We can't talk about it. We don't want to talk about it. So it's not a can't, it's a won't. They are making a conscious decision not to talk about it. You see the press secretary do that. You see the president do that, uh, which is a very different than, say, for example, what we just saw last week with, with Mike Pence. Mike Pence came clean and said, hey, have at it. Speaking of China, you've actually signed on to a resolution uh, supporting one of your colleagues, Congressman Tom Tiffany, to getting rid of the one China policy. Why are you doing that? That's been such a taboo t subject for so many uh, for so long. Yeah, because um, it makes sense. I mean, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, it's a duck. So let's stop with the games and the semantics and recognize China. Look, both parties have gone on official business to China. Nancy Pelosi went, we all remember that, and Kevin McCarthy's planning on going. So let's stop with the, you know, the shell game and let's try a concept of just being honest with the American people. We act like Taiwan is their own nation. Why don't we recognize them? I mean, it's kind of simple to me. Lastly, before I let you go here, uh, you're also a member of the Oversight Committee. Um, you guys have your work cut out for you <laughs> on multiple fronts. Do you plan to look at China in, in any regard, and if so, how? 
Absolutely. We will be working hand in glove with the Special Select Committee on China to do oversight. Um, the, the Special Select Committee on China is really going to focus all of 100% of their efforts there. Um, but I think there's a lot of stuff that we can do in oversight to make sure, let's just take a look at the farmland. I think it's a little coincidental, and I, I'm not much, much for coincidences, that the Chinese government is buying farmland next to our military bases. Hmm, just a little interesting to me. So we need to have a lot of oversight. Also, what is the relationship with, with President Biden and his family with China? The American people deserve to know for our national security. And let's stop hiding that. Congresswoman Lisa McLean, thank you so much. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.